valley that runs perpendicular to this one just over that ridge on the left. We'll lose him there, Chaco called. Calder turned the aircraft hard left, banking it all the way to inverted as he crossed the mountain ridge into the next valley, trying to keep the minimum height and time above the crest of the ridge where the fighter might make visual contact with them. The heather shot by above his head. Flying upside down, he pulled the stick back to push the nose of the jet down into the valley. He rolled out. As the world righted itself, he saw in front of him a narrow green strip of pasture dotted with sheep following a winding river downhill. A road led down to a tiny grey slate village with a chapel. And in front of the village, suspended as if stationary, was an aircraft. A high-winged, single-engined aircraft. A Cessna. Of course, the Cessna wasn't really stationary. It just looked that way to Calder, which meant the two aircraft were on course to collide. "'What the hell is that doing there?' Calder shouted. It was madness for a civilian aircraft to fly that low anywhere, but especially here in the middle of the tornado's playground. It takes ten seconds for the pilot of a fast jet to spot an aircraft, identify it as a potential collision risk, choose a course of evasive action, and allow time for the aircraft to respond to the controls. At a closing speed of six hundred miles an hour, ten seconds is the time it takes to travel nearly two miles. The Cessna was now less than a mile away.' Calder rammed in the throttle and pulled back on the stick. The Cessna seemed to explode in size as the two aircraft closed. The tornado's nose rose, but too late. Calder flinched as the Cessna hit them just to the left of the cockpit. There was a bang and the tornado bucked. We're on fire! Chaco shouted. Calder looked out to the left. There was a chunk missing from the wing and flames engulfed the port engine. Red warning lights flashed and sirens sounded as the tornado told its crew that they were in trouble. They knew that already. The controls were listless in Calder's hands, and the aircraft, which had been about to climb, was levelling off prior to entering a dive. Outside, the fire was spreading. There was only one decision. It was a decision he had been trained to make, and Calder made it. "'Prepare to eject! Prepare to eject!' He reached down for the black and yellow handle between his legs." The nose of the tornado was already beginning to point downwards. Three, two, one, eject, eject! But just as he was about to pull the handle, he looked up. Ahead, growing alarmingly in size, was the village. His eyes focused on a playground, small figures scattered over a square of tarmac in front of him, directly in front of him. He removed his hand from the handle and pulled hard back on the stick. He heard the pop of the canopy as Jacko banged out behind him. The air roared past the now-open cockpit. At first there was no response from the tornado to his commands, but he pulled back as hard as he could, almost ripping the stick out of the cockpit. Movement, just a bit of movement. Then, miraculously, the nose of the tornado rose. Now, instead of the schoolyard, there was the flank of a mountain, perhaps a mile away. It took six seconds to travel a mile. Calder held on for two of them, until he was sure that if he let go of the stick, the aircraft wouldn't plummet into the village. Then he pulled the handle. The straps around his body tightened. Then nothing happened. For the next half a second, half a lifetime, Calder feared he had left it too late. Then there was a flash of light as the rockets under his seat exploded, the restraints dragged his arms into his sides, and he was thrust upwards into the jet slipstream, a wall of air moving at five hundred miles an hour. As he tumbled, he heard the explosion of the tornado hitting the mountain, and then the small drogue parachute opened and stopped the whirling. A moment later, he was stable and drifting downwards under the main parachute.
he became aware of a twinge in his back. A couple of hundred yards away, the tornado was burning strongly. He saw the flames licking around the squadron insignia, a lynx's head painted on the giant tail fin. He glanced across at the school, still in one piece, and then beyond that to another, smaller fire in a field on the other side of the village where the Cessna burned. That poor bugger didn't have an ejector seat, he thought. There was definitely something wrong with his back. The ground rushed up at him in the shape of a steep slope strewn with rocks. Surprised by the speed of his descent, after the brief calm following the opening of his parachute, Calder barely had time to pull his ankles together for landing when he crashed into a large rock and oblivion. Part One Chapter One the skaters whirled around the tiny rink in the middle of Broadgate Circle, gliding, weaving, twisting, spinning, stumbling.